Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. It's your host with the most, Chris. I hope everyone's having a fantastic day today. I know I am. So first off, some couple of disclaimers before we get started into the full episode here. So obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, you name it, I got it. So if you're watching this on YouTube... I am clearly not in my original room where I set up to do the podcast episodes, as you guys have known since I've been kind of talking about it a little bit, that I am I am in the process of a move right now. Currently, I am kind of where I'm going to be at for a while, so this is not the full setup of the room that I'm going to do for the podcast, so just keep that in mind. This is just kind of like to get this probably this episode and maybe the next couple episodes going. So this is just essentially what kind of where I'm going to be at for the time being. It may be changed, might be in different angles, it might be different, you know, stuff up, you name it, that might be the thing. So just keep that in mind whenever you're watching this on YouTube. It is different. Like I said, I am, I was in the middle of a move and now I'm kind of a little bit set up of where I'm going to be right now. So it's just going to look like this temporarily. I don't know how long it's going to look like this per episode wise. That's just going to be a real big dependency on how long this lasts or how long I end up staying here. So I just want to make that disclaimer right now for you guys watching on YouTube. If you're listening to this on on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, this obviously doesn't affect you. But if you are watching this on YouTube, I am just wanted to let you all know this is not going to be the permanent look of the room. It's going to be changed and updated once I start getting more settled into where I'm at right now. Setting stuff up, probably see the wall of Funkos again. I'm not really sure how I'm going to set it up, but for the time being, this is kind of what the podcast is going to look look like for a while for you viewers on YouTube. Alrighty, so some next housing items for the podcast. I did make a decision. I kind of thought about this for a little bit uh, this past week, and I am going to do this. So what I'm going to do is, like I told you in the last episode for Fantasy, I do uh, DraftKings. I don't gamble, but it's like a fun little thing I do, and what I'm going to do um, to kind of keep up for the NFL season is that every Thursday, I'm going to post my week lineup for the week from DraftKings so you guys can see who I'm going with and see if you guys kind of agree with who I picked for the week Well, maybe I should have gone someone else or maybe I should have spent the extra money on maybe I don't know like for example Patrick Mahomes instead of somebody else you know like kind of just do that route I think it'll be very exciting hello from Clint Texas I see you in the comments on this Facebook live feed so if you guys kind of just I'm going to try to do it that route. I think it'll be a lot of fun and definitely something to keep up with throughout the entirety of the NFL season. We're getting closer and closer to NFL season coming back. Training camps are already in progress right now for a lot of teams. A lot of people have already been reported except for a handful. We will get to those important players in a minute. However, though, that's what I'm planning to do for the podcast, at least through the duration of the NFL season. I think it'll be a lot of fun, and I think it'll also be a great way to kind of interact with you guys, you know, kind of seeing where I'm at and what you guys kind of think, or maybe you guys want to help me do the fantasy draft for uh, DraftKings for the week. Who knows? But as of right now, that's what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to do a DraftKings draft, and every week I'm going to do a new team, and you guys are going to, you know, criticize me you can say who maybe I should gone with maybe my team's gonna be good and then probably after Monday I'll show how I did and we'll go from there I think it'll be a lot of fun so I hope you guys will be very excited for that I know I am and it's gonna be a lot of fun this season alrighty so another thing uh, if most of you have noticed I did not post a lot on social media this past week I was out of town I was visiting family in El Paso that's where most of them reside in so I was there this past weekend so I wasn't able to fully be you know, on social media, being able to post clips on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm on all of them, including threads at CAV Sports, CAV Sports Podcast. So 
that's going to change now. I'm going to be a little bit more up to date with the social media uploads, especially since like I'm not going to be super busy. I should have time to be able to do it. So you'll probably see some clips from this episode along with you'll probably see clips from the last episode since there was some cool topics I talked about in the last episode as well. Or if you guys want to go check out the most recent episode, YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I'm on all of them. You can always go check it out. Link is in the bio for all that. So, but I just wanted to kind of give my experience being at the El Paso Locomotive FC uh, soccer match. It was a lot of fun. Whenever I went, I, that was my first time ever being at a soccer match. And I thought it was just very different from how an NFL game is. I've been to NFL games. I've been to college football games. I've been to uh, NHL games. I've been to a Dallas Stars game before. I've been to, I've seen the Rangers play. I've seen the uh, Boston Red Sox play. I've I've seen it. I've been to a few uh, a few live games. Now this is my first soccer match, and I thought it was a lot of fun. I know like some people think it's a little boring. I will say when I was there live in person watching the match, it went a lot quicker than I thought. I thought it was gonna maybe take a minute because I know in soccer. At least in the matches, the first half is like 45 minutes plus extra time, and then at the end, it's like 90 minutes plus extra time, so it kind of just depends on how long you're going to be there. However, when I was actually watching the game in person, opposed to watching it on TV, it went a whole lot quicker than I thought, and it was a very, like, kind of intuitive battle, like, between uh, the locomotives and the, I believe it was the Oakland, uh, FC Oakland, I believe is who they were playing, if I remember correctly, but it was still a lot of fun. You know, like I said, it went really quickly. The atmosphere was awesome. The people in El Paso de definitely support that team. It was very awesome to see. They had their own little section where they were going crazy. They had their own flags. It was a lot of fun. A lot of people there were so into the match. I, I got a little bit into it as well. Some tough calls from the refs in the in the match. But overall, it was such a great time. I had such a great time. Such a great experience, especially being my first ever soccer match. I actually have uh, the hat. If you're watching this on YouTube, this is a Locomotives. Uh, hat that I got at the game. It was a lot of fun. So go locomotives is like I said a great experience and a great time all around. I'll probably go again. If, you know if I can or if I find the opportunity, I will definitely go see the locomotives again playing in El Paso. Alrighty. So one more thing before we hop in this episode is does relate a little bit to sports. Um, hopefully, I mean most of you probably saw this already. This happened earlier in the week, but Bronny. LeBron's son did have uh, did suffer cardiac arrest in the middle of his practice at USC. I hope that he's gonna, he's doing well. I believe they already made statements that he's he's a lot better. He's out of the hospital now, but it's just a scary experience, especially after what we just witnessed with Demar Hamlin and what happened to him against the Bengals. So I'm glad that Bronny's okay. I'm glad that you know he's gonna be fine. It was just. Hopefully it's something he could bounce back from, especially heading into the season with USC. Everyone's very excited to see him play. I know his dad, LeBron's excited, but definitely a scary moment. I was a little shocked when I first heard the news about him getting, uh, he suffered cardiac arrest because I was thinking, wow, he's so young. And I would not think that that would happen to him, but, you know, crazy things happen, you know, things happen in life and, you know, stuff like that can't happen to you. I guess no matter how young you are or, you know, how old you are, it can happen to everyone. But I'm happy Bronny's okay. I'm happy that he is going to be able to continue the season with USC as planned. I'm very excited to see him play. So I'm happy for you, Bronny. Prayers for you. Hopefully you get better very soon and we're very excited. 
But let's head on over to the main part of this of this podcast, the NFL craziness. So trading camp, like I said earlier, is in full swing for a lot of the teams and just a lot of crazy news and NFL things going on right now. So the first two things is things that happened today. Uh, there was a video for, of Joe Burrow. He did get carted off in training camp. What I found crazy was that it was just all of a sudden it was a routine rollout for a quarterback and he just his leg just cramped up or something and he had to get carted off. I don't think it's going to be that major of an injury. It's probably just cramp or like maybe he's not, you know, he hasn't been in rhythm. Who knows? But hopefully Joe Burrow is going to be okay. It seems from the reports it's not like a season-ending injury. It's not something that's going to re- require surgery or anything like that. So hopefully it's going to be okay. So Cincinnati Bengals fans or fantasy owners Take a deep breath. He's going to be okay. I promise you will have a quarterback by week one of this upcoming NFL season. Like I said, it doesn't seem like it's anything too major or it's anything that's going to be as like as big of a concern you know, compared to what the next person I'm about to talk about. So I think Joe Burrow is going to be okay. I think that, you know, it was just probably something pulled and they're just taking precaution with him since they're, you know, that's the star quarterback. They're relying on him a lot this season, especially... You know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, they're all excited for him to play. So let's, we're going to have to put it ear by ear, but I think Joe Burrow is going to be okay. Like I said, it just looked like just something, you know, messed up in his leg, but doesn't, from the reports, it does not seem like it's anything that's going to require surgery or it's going to be anything that's going to need any more action. Compared to this next player, Jalen Ramsey, um, Got suffered an injury in training camp. So from the reports that says, I I can't remember what the injury is, but he is going to need surgery, which is very big in my opinion. Surgery is always not the greatest thing you want to hear, or it can be one of the best. It really just depends on which way you look at it. However, it in the report, it did say that he won't, he would probably miss only the entirety of training camp, but he will not miss uh, the starting week of the NFL season, so I guess that's that's good news for the Miami Dolphins fans. They can take a breath, especially since they're investing a lot in Jalen Ramsey to come help out their defense. So I think he's gonna also going to be okay. I think the surgery is just going to help him out. To, you know, hopefully this doesn't happen again. But it is also scary to see one of the best, probably arguably the best corner in the NFL right now, you know, go down with that big of an injury that's going to require surgery. That's why I was saying Joe Burrows is not as bad as probably how Jalen Ramsey's is because Joe Burrow can probably bounce back within a couple days, maybe a week. But Jalen Ramsey's got to sit out all of training camp. And I think what also suffers from this injury is aside of Jalen Ramsey getting hurt is that the Dolphins are going to have to run without Jalen Ramsey. And he's going to probably have to play a game called catch-up whenever you know the season starts rolling around. He's going to start playing a little bit more just because it seems like he is going to miss all of training camp and probably some of the preseason. And definitely the preseason is a great time to kind of get your feet wet, get some, you know, get some live football action, you know, against opposing teams, put defensive schemes into into practice against, you know, other NFL teams. But now that the Miami is going to have to go with their next corner, which like, like, I would say, luckily, this happened right now. I mean, it sounds bad, but it's also like if it happens now and he still will be able to start week one, I would rather it happen now than you know, something like this happening in the middle of the season, and this could, you know, jeopardize a lot of things for Miami, since, especially since they're building something really good down there in South Beach. So, hopefully, Jen Ramsey is going to be okay. I think he will, especially if he's going to be able to return by week one for the NFL season. I think it's going to be... It's going to be good for him, and hopefully the surgery goes well. So hopefully Joe and Jalen Ramsey can bounce back after these injuries. Alrighty, so moving on, some some other crazy news that happened. Saquon Barkley now has a deal. He got a deal done with the New York Giants. He got a one-year, 
$10.1 million uh, contract. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't like this deal. I think this was a bad business deal all around. So details of his contract. One year, $10.1 million. And then he can pot with a $2 million in signing bonus. And he can possibly get $909,000 in, in um, incentives. And it's like, kind of, you know, just kind of what milestones he can make. I'm sorry, it's still not a good, I don't think it's a good deal. I think he should have just, in the end, took the franchise tag. Because it's basically .1 more million dollars that he was going to get with the franchise tag. The only thing is he could possibly make make about about like what 11 million dollars if he can complete the incentives but that's if he completes the incentives it's not everything's a guarantee in the nfl and it's not a guarantee like you know he can you know something may happen or you know daniel jones doesn't play good or the defense doesn't do good and then you know he has to pick up the slack which is wear and tear on his body and he ends up losing out more but the bigger problem i have is that he can still get franchise tagged next year the upside if he would have played in the franchise tag this year is that they can only franchise tag him one more time but now that he has a deal they can still franchise it tag him next year and i believe the following year since technically he has a deal on so that's what i kind of don't like about this deal i think it was a bad one and i know i was kind of like promoting that like if they're gonna give him a deal at least give him a three-year deal or the worst the one to kind of see what he wants to do and what he is planning on working on but this was just not the right idea and i don't think this is what austin eckler had in mind when he said Let's get this deal done and let's start, you know, let's kind of do something about this running back payment situation. So now with Saquon Barkley, at least he has a deal done. He's going to be able to play and he's going to play from what it seems like. He's going to be there week one with the New York Giants against the Dallas Cowboys. My opinion still ain't going to matter no matter what, if he's there or not. Now, just with him and the deal... And if this is really like what he wanted, he just wanted to meet in the middle. He wants to at least play, you know, at least get a deal done. It's just, I don't know. He could have gotten a little bit more, in my opinion. Because like I said, like I've been explaining prior, he's about 40% of the offense. Daniel Jones' numbers go up with Saquon Barkley in the backfield. I believe that, you know, he should have gotten a little bit more. If he was going to get the one year, at least aim for two, like $12 million. I think that would have been a little bit of a better deal for him. At least he got $2 million extra. And then worst case, if he gets franchise tag again, he's going to get even more money for the franchise tag next year but i don't know he could have gotten a little bit more in my opinion especially since he's a big bulk of the new york giants offense i'm not going to try to harp on this anymore you know with him how important he is to this to this nfl team and his organization especially since he's probably the best player that they got on the team right now so hopefully next if this is just to get this done like this is a scenario where i just want to i just want to deal let's get past this drama this season and let's you know let me show you what i can do and then we'll work out a long-term contract going into the future hopefully that's what it is because if it's not that then i think he kind of wasted his time working with the new york giants when they clearly don't value him and they rather value daniel jones more who i believe is not as great as people believe he is, I think Saquon Barkley is more important. That's going to be their problem because then someone else can come get Saquon if he doesn't want to get fran if he doesn't want to play under the franchise tag, or someone may want to trade for him. I know there was a report that Miami was looking to call, or they were. I think they called New York, one of the two. But there was something with Miami contacting the Giants for Saquon Barkley. So, you know, it's going to depend on that one. But hopefully this this deal helps out Saquon Barkley get a deal in the future. He definitely deserves a little bit more money than he's getting right now, especially since he's the giant workload of the offense. And probably the next episode, I'm going to go over like my opinion with the running back situation. But for Saquon Barkley specifically, you know, hopefully 
he can get more money and hopefully this deal at least kind of just gets rid of their drama right now and they can focus on maybe a deal going into next year. Alrighty, speaking of contracts, speaking of contracts, Justin Herbert, quarterback for the LA Chargers, just got his bag and he got a fat one. He got a five-year, $262.5 million dollar contract that i believe makes him the most the highest paid quarterback right now he's above jalen hurts and lamar jackson here's my thing with with justin herbert and i'm not i'm not trying not to hate on the guy i'm really not because i do i think he's talented yes do i think he can throw the ball accurately yes do i think he has the right size and speed yes he does however those tangibles and those you know record setting you know, he won Rookie of the Year. He, I believe right now he has over 14,000 passing yards, and he has about over 90 touchdowns, close to 100. That's all great and all, but what has he done, you know, outside of putting up numbers? Like, like that's where I'm get. That's where my problem is. That what else has he done outside of the numbers? Because when you look at, if you look at individual stats, you know, touchdown to interception ratio, it's good. He has a lot of passing yards. He can facilitate the offense. Yes, but what has it looked like? When you look at it, his overall career record since he's joined the NFL is 25 and 24. He's won 25 games and lost 24. He's 0 and 1 in the playoffs, and it's not even like it was a bad loss. You know, it was a tough loss like what happened with Josh Allen going up against Patrick Mahomes. It wasn't that he blew a 27 nothing lead to Jacksonville. All they had to do was score one more touchdown. They would have won the game. That's all they had to do. They only scored three points, I believe, in the second half. Like, that's not good. And majority of the points came off of, you know, Trevor Lawrence turned the ball over four times, but Trevor Lawrence was able to bounce back and still win the game. Justin Herbert had the game in the bag. You put that with any other quarterback, they're not they're not going to lose that game. You put it with uh, greats like Patrick Mahomes, not going to lose the game. Josh Allen probably won't lose the game. Tom Brady probably won't lose the game. Josh Allen probably won't lose the game. Dak Prescott probably won't lose the game. Like, that's where my problem was that. If it was mostly him just gunslinging everywhere all over the all over the field against Jacksonville, that's a diff I think that's even worse, but like that's a little bit of a different thing. But with the four turnovers the defense was able to cause to give him good field position to put them in a position to be ahead by halftime, 27 to nothing, and then below the lead afterwards is just frustrating to me. Like that was my biggest problem. Whenever I heard of this contract getting signed and he got, you know, the highest paid, you know, contract in the NFL right now over five years. Like I said, he's above Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, I believe, was $260 million. He's 226-2. So that's my big issue with Justin Herbert and this contract. Not the fact that he doesn't deserve it. Do I think he's talented? Yes, I believe he's a talented quarterback. I believe he has good numbers. I believe he has good stats. But what is it transpiring on the field? Because when you look at the other quarterbacks that's been that he's that's in his draft class, Joe Burrow made it to a Super Bowl already. He would have won a Super Bowl if he didn't have a bad offensive line, and that's even the crazier part. He got to a Super Bowl with one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. Jalen Hurts just got to the Super Bowl last year on a really good team, and he still got pretty far. Now, if you want to throw in that he had like injury, you know, Keenan Allen was not there, you know. Uh, Mike Carter got her, Austin Eckler, you know, all this other stuff. You can you can throw that in if you really want to. But for a quarterback that's super talented and he's supposed to be a top five quarterback, a lot of people had him at top five last season. He was a top five quarterback. But his record and his wins and, you know, his win and loss ratio and 0-1 in the playoffs does not, does not, I don't believe it just it factors in to get that big of a contract. Because 
it, when I think about that, I think about what happened with Dak Prescott whenever he got his contract. Everyone was saying, "Well, what has he done?" You know, he's yeah, he's won the division. Yeah, he's done. He's gone to the playoffs, but he's only won two. Whatever, whatever your thing was, that was everyone's argument against Dak getting a contract. Because like, what has he done? What has Justin Herbert done? He because he is twenty five and twenty four since he's arrived. He is zero and one in the playoffs. And he still he hasn't even won a division. Even with Patrick Mahomes, you know, granted Patrick Mahomes is in his division. I get that, but still he only has one playoff appearance since he's been in the league for the past three years, and he's only won and he hasn't won any. He's lost one, and he blew a twenty-seven nothing lead. Like you got to make stuff like that happen. Like I then I will reiterate: Do I think he's talented? Am I trying to hate on the guy? No, because I think he is talented. But I want to see more out of Justin Herbert. I don't want to just see, yeah, he puts up numbers. He can throw the ball, rookie of the year, this and that. When you're not winning games and you're not winning the playoffs, like, like it's not something that you can just you. You know, you can't just say, like, oh, yeah, he deserves it because he's great. But yet he's not winning games. Because then it's the same argument you're going to have to have with other quarterbacks. Like I said, like Dak Prescott. That's what everyone's argument was when he got his money, was what has he done? What has he done? It's the same argument pe- uh, people were using against Lamar Jackson when Lamar Jackson wanted his big contract and he was uh, holding out for this and he was planning on wa- and he requested a trade. Everyone was asking, "What has he done? He hasn't won that many play. He won. He's won the same amount of play games, playoff games as Dak Prescott. Is he athletic? Sure. Can he throw the ball? Sure. But what has he done? He can barely beat Patrick Mahomes. He can't. He's never gone to the divisional round. But he wanted a lot of money." But the difference, I think, is that he won unanimous MVP, and he's shown that he's a critical asset to the team. Do I think Justin Herbert is a critical asset to the Chargers? Yes. Has he been a unanimous MVP? No. He's never even been in the MVP race towards the end of the season. And like I said, he blew a 27-0 lead in the playoffs. And then he has great numbers, but yet he's 25-24 and 24 with the LA Chargers. So that's why I was kind of... I, I thought they would make him kind of close to the top, the highest paid. I thought Joe Burrow would get a a bigger contract than Justin Herbert is, which now I don't know if he will, but I thought Jay, I thought Justin Herbert would probably agree to something close to Lamar or close to Jalen, maybe like a little bit above Russ and Aaron Rodgers, you know, somewhere in the middle. I didn't think they would give him that big of a contract because, like I said, what has he truly done? Aside of putting up individual numbers, he's blowing playoff leads. He's, you know, finishing second in the division, which I'll give you Patrick Mahomes is there. And... You know, he's, like I said, he's not he's not winning that many games. You know, 25 and 24. He has talent on his team. It's not like he's running with no talent. They have, you know, they have talent on the defensive side. He has a he has pretty good offensive weapons in Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Carter, and now they brought in that Johnson kid out of TCU. So he's going to have talent. He has weapons to use. He's just not winning games. Whether that's because of him or something else, you know, it would be a different argument if the like I said, we would be having a different argument if it was twenty, if it was thirty to twenty-seven, and the defense was the reason why they lost to the Jacksonville. He was a big part of it because he wasn't, he didn't move the ball the second half. He only scored three points in the second half, and Trevor Lawrence came in and took over. And now, when you look at it this season, you ask who anybody's top five. Justin Herbert's not there anymore. You ask anybody, they're top five quarterbacks in the league this year. Justin Herbert's not even on there. I, I know people have him top 10, but they don't have him top 5 anymore. And that's my thing. It's like, what has he done to prove him to stay at top 5? Because once he, once he blew that lead, I bet that, flew, that dro- everyone's thing dropped on him a little farther down because he blew a 27 to nothing lead. And when you look at how many games he's won and lost, it's not good. 
Like, he doesn't have a winning record as a starting quarterback. He has great numbers. He could put up great numbers. Does he turn the ball over? Not so much. Can he throw, he throws touchdowns? Yes, I believe he broke Baker Mayfield's uh, record. And on top of that, you know, he, he can't, I think he can get it done. I'm not trying to be a hater right now, but that's just my, the, my truth of the reality is that he has not done enough to get that big of a contract, in my opinion. If he wins a play, if he would have won the playoff game, then maybe I would say, yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate because the AFC is, you know, they're, they're a juggernaut right now. They have, you know, Kansas City right now. They have the, the Chargers going to add them. The Jets are looking, uh, they're projected to be really good. If Tua can stay healthy, Miami's looking great. You know, there's the, we can't forget about the Bills. We can't forget about the Bengals, the Ravens. There's a lot of teams to look out for in the AFC. So I understand it's a tough division. It's kind of like what happened with Phillip Rivers. He was a great quarterback for the Chargers. It's just he was playing in the era where Brady and Peyton Manning were there and Ben Roethlisberger. Like he had real co tough competition. And that's where Justin Herbert is right now. But he needs to stand out. Out of those guys, like I said, the other quarterbacks that were with him in his draft class, two of them have already made the Super Bowl, and he hasn't even been close. Even then, you take away the Super Bowl appearances, they've won playoff games. That's another thing that we got to keep into consideration, is that they have actually won playoff games, and two of them have been to the Super Bowl. Compared to Justin Herbert, you know, I believe like Joe Burrow is a little bit more of the exemption because he was a higher pick than Herbert, but Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick, and he got to the Super Bowl before... You know, or at least he won more playoff games than Justin Herbert has, and he's been to the playoffs. Uh, he's had a few playoff appearances, so that's what I think Justin Herbert needs to get done. You know, to hope, you know, to hopefully make this contract look good. Because if he got paid all his money and they're still not making playoffs, or you know, they're still not winning that many games, then I think you got to ask, what's the give, and why do we give him all that money? Alrighty, so moving on, more NFL craziness since training camp has begun. Speaking of paydays, speaking of paydays. My man, Trayvon Diggs, cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys, just got the bag. He got a five-year contract worth $97 million. I got on the Trayvon Diggs jersey today for this episode for this special occasion. I'm I'm very happy he got at least this big of a contract. I believe he's like uh, it's like top five in, uh, in cornerback contracts. Here's why. Aside of the fact that he's he's a really good corner, I think he got better man-to-man. -man. Uh, he can obviously play zone because he's a ball hawk, and that's great. And I think that, you know, his you know he needs improvement on trying not to always rely on getting the interception. I do believe, like, that's one of his biggest, like, flaws. He's always trying to make the big play. He's always trying to get the interception to pat it on. He has 17 right now in his career. You know, he had that one season where he had, like, over, over a dozen, uh, over 10, Interceptions, I believe he had 11. He uh, tied or broke the Cowboys record. So that, so that on top of, you know, quarterbacks are fearing to throw it to him because he is a ball hawk and he can deflect the ball. He can intercept the ball. And I believe he got better. He's gotten better since his rookie year in 2020 and up to now. And he's gotten significantly better. I think this contract is going to be worth it in the end because you solidify him for the for the next five years. Now you have a pretty good to top. You have a top corner in the NFL on your team solidified for five more seasons, especially since they are building something great in Dallas on that defensive side with Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons leading the helm of that defense. So it's important to at least lock him up to at least secure him for the next for a while in the contract and. Before you start moving on to other people that need, you know, con uh, contract either extensions or a new a new deal. Like for example, here's two that are coming up right now. C.D. Lamb's coming up, and then Micah Parsons is coming up the following year. 
And then Tony Pollard's also coming up. So at least taking care of Trayvon Diggs, because they are very confident in keeping him, is going to be a crucial thing. And I believe that when I was talking about this whole, you know, this whole thing with it, you know, Trayvon Diggs getting paid, and then they brought in Stephon Gilmore to help fix the true weakness of the Dallas Cowboys, which is that without a second corner, we're not that good. Because that's what I've been explaining, is outside of Trayvon Diggs, we need help on the side. That's when Stephon Gilmore comes in. So now they're solidified. Trayvon Diggs is going to be there. At least they paid him now. Let's pay him right now. Let's get it out of the way so that way we know what to work with going into the future. And we know what we can work with, you know, a little later. And we already have an idea or a benchmark of where it's going to be salary cap-wise. Especially since they cut Zeke, they were able to bend it a little bit. They were able to afford to give him this big of a contract. Now, let's see if it pays out. I believe he is... In the past three years, he's been uh, for the past three years. He's he's uh he actually leads the NFL in interceptions. He has 17 in total right now. So in the past three years, he's had the most. So let's keep that in mind when we look at this Trayvon Diggs, you know, contract. I believe it's very good. I'm glad they paid him. And then they have CD Lamb next. They're having all the young guys with the star talent to be a Dallas Cowboy for a very long time. They're about to get paid. I believe CD Lamb's going to be next. And then they're going to keep moving on down the line. But congratulations to you, Trayvon Diggs, for getting paid, getting the bag, $97 million for five years. I'm glad so can't wait for you to be a Dallas Cowboy for a long time. We're all excited. Alrighty, speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, some kind of bad news after the good news. Zach Martin did not report to training camp. I know it was crazy. Last episode, I was saying he he will more than likely go. I believe he will go. He didn't go. I was wrong. I apologize for that. Now he's not. He did not report the training camp, so he's gonna take the fine of fifty thousand dollars and all this stuff. Why is he not at training camp? You may ask. He wants to restructure his contract. However, it's gonna be hard right now, since especially since the Dallas Cowboys are trying to prioritize their younger talent that's that needs a contract like Trayvon Diggs and Ceedee Lamb and probably Tony. And Michael Parsons coming up, and then him. I want to keep in mind that in 2018, he signed a contract for a six-year, $84 million contract, you know, and it solidified him to be a Cowboy for, I believe, for a couple more years. Now, he wants to get restructured. He wants to get paid a little bit more because he's considered the best guard in all of football. And the best guard, I believe, is getting paid like $7 million more than... Zach Martin is, and he's not even the best guard in the NFL. So Zach Martin feels like he's a little underpaid and underappreciated for his contributions to the Dallas Cowboys, especially since Mike McCarthy wants to run the ball more, Like even though they were ranked sixth in rushing attempts last year. He wants to run the ball a little bit more. So now they're going to have to run behind Zach Martin even more. Now, do I think that he's going to hold out this season? I don't think so. You know, I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to find a way to go talk to him, you know, and see if they can maybe convince him to come back and work on a contract after they get done with CeeDee Lamb. Because I know for sure there's been reports that they want to get the young talent done first before they move on to probably Zach Martin. So they're going to try to see what they can do with CeeDee Lamb before they go to Zach. But Zach Martin's going to be a little bit patient because he still has a few years left. I believe he still has two years left of his contract, you know, and he wants to get paid a little bit extra. With the salary cap opening up a little bit, they may be able to squeeze in something for this year or for the next year to kind of give him a little bit of a more, a little bit more to help him out. But we'll have to see. But with Zach Martin, hopefully he can come back. He's a pivotal 
you know, person to that great offensive line that they have. He's a leader, you know, for the offensive line. He's an offensive leader. You know, he's been there for such a long time, and he's been this consistent, even though being over the age of 30, he's been this consistently good. He's still considered the best guard in the NFL. He's in the 99 club for Madden 23, if that helps anybody kind of get a better understanding of how good he is. He's in the 99 club in Madden. So hopefully they can figure something out and get him paid, find a way to pay him because he definitely wants his money. Do I think he deserves it? Yes, he's been considered he's considered the best guard in all of football. He's been so helpful. You know, he's taken on the workload. He, there was one point he had to take over for right tackle and he did amazing. So hopefully Zach Barton can get paid and they can figure some stuff out. Just as long as it can help out the salary cap, it doesn't break the bank. Because obviously, like I said, the young players are up and coming. C.D. Lamb, Micah Parsons, Tony Pollard. You know, hopefully he can get something done along the way too. Alrighty, so moving on. So kind of just some faster news. So today, I, there's been a report. Brock Purdy has been medically cleared to participate in training camp. That's right, 49er fans. Brock Purdy, the Brock Party, is returning to San Francisco. He got cleared he got cleared by medical staff to participate in training camp. What does this mean? Does this mean he's gonna be the starter? It should, but hold on. Will he start? I don't know, because we gotta see what he looks like with uh past the elbow injury. We gotta make sure they gotta make sure he can still throw, he can still sling it as well as he did in his playoff run last year. Cause you know you never know. You know, sometimes when you do get elbow injuries, you know, if you play baseball, you definitely understand this. When you mess up your elbow, it kind of throws off your your throwing, maybe your throwing power. We'll have to see what's gonna what Brock Party's gonna look like, you know kind of in training camp and stuff like that, but that's why they brought on Trey Lance and Zam Darnold to kind of, you know, take over in case he wasn't ready. So, but what is this going to mean for Trey and Sam? Sit on the bench, buckaroos. They're, you're out. Because they like Brock Purdy so much, they even admitted that the job is his to lose. The team loves him. George Kittle has already, like, you know, vouched for him and all this stuff. So, Brock Purdy coming back means a lot to the 49ers, especially since they need a franchise quarterback that's not going to get injured by week three. I'm talking about Trey Lance here. Ooh, they thought he was going to be the franchise quarterback and, you know, Sam Darnold coming in to at least be the backup. So hopefully with Brock Birdie coming back in, he will get the reins of the offense again, but they're just going to have to wait and see what he looks like post the elbow surgery and the injury. That's going to be my only concern. But now, 49ers fans, you can sleep a little easier knowing that your quarterback is coming back to the rescue. Next up, another quick one. Jimmy Graham is returning to the NFL. He signed a one-year contract with the New Orleans Saints. I remember Jimmy Graham playing for the Saints a long time ago when Drew Brees was there, and man, was he dominant. I know fantasy football players loved having Jimmy Graham at that time. So I don't know what he's really going to do because he is up there in age. I don't know how much, how productive Jimmy Graham will be. Because, like I said, he's older. I thought he honestly retired. I didn't know he was still trying to get in the NFL. But they could always use him for the, you know, for the quick fades in the end zone. He's still really tall. He has that basketball background. So Jimmy or Jimmy Graham is not going to be like a helpless, you know, tight end, you know, an old tight end. He could still probably go up there and get the ball at a high point. He could probably still win those one-on-one -on -one matches. My question is going to be how productive is he going to be and how much are they going to use him in the offense? That's going to be my biggest question, you know, for him and the Saints is how is he going to look fitting into the offense and kind of just going about how the Saints are going to run it this year, you know, with Derek Carr. I think it's great that they're trying to get Derek Carr as much help as they can, especially a tight end, you know, adding on with Taysom Hill. 
But we'll have to see what's going to happen with Jimmy Graham. Like I said, he is he's probably he's pretty up there in age. We'll see how much he's really going to contribute to the offense and how long they're going to keep him and how long he's going to be willing to being able to play. Alrighty, so another Jimmy G was in the news today. It has been reported that he has passed his physical. Las Vegas Raiders fans, your quarterback is back. You don't have to worry about, well, you may have to somewhat worry because he may get injured later. But, however, you have a starting quarterback or at least a quarterback that has starting experience aside of Jared Stidham. So, he's going to start participating. He passes physical and he's going to start participating in training camp, which is great for him. I, I mean... It's going to be good for the Raiders, especially since now he can start throwing to Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, start running with Josh Jacobs, you know, start getting used to that offense. And that was everyone's fear going into the season was that if Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Garoppolo was going to play, especially since there were reports that he has not passed his physical and it's not a guarantee he's going to play or even get a chance to play. So hearing that he is cleared and he's about to play, I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's great for the Raiders. I don't know how long he's going to last before getting hurt because he has, you know, a pretty tough set of defensive players that are going to be coming after him. Luckily, Mad Max is on his team, but everyone else that has stacked defenses are going to be coming after Jimmy G. So we'll have to see how long he's going to be able to play throughout the NFL season. But it is good for the Raiders. You are getting your starting quarterback back and he's gonna be passes physical so you don't have to possibly go out and get another quarterback or hope or possibly tank to get Caleb Williams alrighty so final topic for today's episode who will win the AFC West I think it's pretty obvious I'm gonna have to go with my Red Raider alum Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs I mean it's pretty obvious I think with Kansas City having Patrick Mahomes, and I mean, they're probably going to be the odds-on favorite to win the division and possibly get back to a Super Bowl or at least get back to the AFC Championship. Even though, who, who knows what's going to happen with Kadarius Tony? I know there was a report on him that he's going to be injured throughout training camp, but he should be ready. But Patrick Mahomes was able to make it work with less. I mean, he made it work last season with not the same amount of talent. You know, Tyree Kill, Tyree Kill is gone. He's in Miami. And he was still able to make the Super Bowl, you know, before Miami did with less with less talent with less talent on his team and he was able to beat Jalen Hurts who had more talent and a pretty strong offensive scheme you know in Philadelphia and he was able to beat him in the Super Bowl so I think Kansas City are still going to win the division I think they're going to be the odds on favorite if Patrick Mahomes is behind center now the other three teams so I think the Broncos are going to make an improvement they're not going to win the division but they're definitely going to win sec or a third or second I think more third just because we're going to see how Sean Payton's offense looks like revolved around Russell Wilson. And I believe the Chargers are going to be the odds favorite to get second again, since especially since they gave Justin Herbert all that money. The two biggest things that's going to come down to for these two teams is that for the Chargers, how well is Justin Herbert going to play? That's going to be the biggest question mark. And obviously with injuries on the team, how long can they stay healthy? And how well is he going to play? If players get hurt, can he still be productive throughout the season to make the push into the playoffs? And for the Broncos, I think more it's going to be an improvement, but how well is Russell Wilson going to play? Because I know Sean Payton was like making fun of how the coaching system was last season, and that's how bad it was. It doesn't excuse more of also how Russell Wilson played and then how the defense did. Actually, no, the defense was actually the best part of it. it was the best part of the Broncos is PC, uh, Patrick Sertan II was not, was that a pretty good year last year. So it's going to depend on how well Sean Payton and Russell Wilson can do on the offensive side because I think their defense is going to be okay. You know, they've added a little bit more. So 
who knows how they're going to look. But I think if the Broncos want to make a push for the wild card, it's going to depend on how well Russell Wilson can play. And it's going to be the same thing for the Chargers. How well can Justin Herbert play when he has his full team and when adversity comes when he has injuries that may happen in the season? And it starts piling up. I think the Raiders are going to get last. I think they're probably not going to do that great because who knows how long Jimmy Graham, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm sorry, how long Jimmy Garoppolo can last in the last in this in this uh, division, and if he can get hurt, and if not, and if he does get hurt, they're just going to rely on Josh Jacobs, and hopefully everything goes well, or they're going to tank for Caleb Williams. I'm excited to see, but I have the Kansas City Chiefs winning the division. But alrighty, guys, that's going to wrap things up on this episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. Make sure you follow me on all of my social media at CAV Sports or CAV Sports Podcast. I'm on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I'm also on Instagram threads. Actually, it's not even Twitter anymore. It's X. So I'm on X, X, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram threads, all that. And then if you uh, to catch up on any other previous episodes or to you know watch some past episodes, I'm on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music if you want to catch up on the latest episode or if you want to watch any of the other previous episodes. And like I said, I just want to reiterate, I am going to do that DraftKings um, idea you know, every week and then probably every Monday I'm going to post how I did. So you guys can either make fun of me or you guys can maybe help me out and see what you got or put in your two cents on who you would have gone with that week. I'm very excited to do that. But thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll catch you in the next episode.